Oh my goodness gracious. I don't know why I just started uh, the intro with, oh my goodness gracious. I'm terribly sorry. Listen, after two straight fire episodes, in my uh, not-so-humble opinion, two straight fire episodes, I am back to going alone. I am back to boring the ever-living shit out of my four listeners. Fucking woo, right? Oh man, it's it's uh, it's tough to sit down and not have a fucking clue what I'm going to talk about for an hour or so. But here we are. My apologies, but listen, sorry. Uh, don't leave yet. At least um, do me the actual courtesy uh, to bore you before you decide to bail out. Be a friend, all right. Anyways, this is episode seventy-seven. The Raymond Jean or Jean or Jean Bork episode. How would you pronounce that in French? Jean? I think so. It's the Ray Bork episode. Uh, here's my general overall take on Ray Bork, okay? He was an awesome defenseman, legendary defenseman, in an overly offensive time in hockey. Hear me out, okay? If he played somewhere else, like, say, Minnesota or St. Louis or someplace that wasn't an original six team, as I burp into the microphone, I think he would be discussed as even more of a legend than he is, all right? I don't know. I know what I'm trying to say. I don't know if it's coming across accurately, but... He played in Boston probably, what, less than 10 years after, uh, I mean, when did Bobby Orr leave? Like 75, I think, 76 is when he went to Chicago. I can't, I I wasn't alive, so I can't say I don't remember because I don't even really know. But anyways, a short time after Bobby Orr, who was the greatest defenseman of all time, and maybe even a top three player of all time, left the Bruins. So, it's a... You're following an act that is very difficult to follow. Totally random take, and it doesn't diminish what he did as a player. He won the Norris Trophy five times. He was an all-star every single year of his career where the NHL actually had an all-star game. Apparently there were two years. One was a strike year. One was, I don't know. They fucked up for something for some reason. Uh, but every year of his career, he was an all-star. Won the King Clancy Award once for humanitarianism and is the career leader in goals, assists, power play goals, and points for a defenseman. Those records will never, ever be broken. The closest guy in points is Brett Burns, and I think he's halfway to Bork's number. So, ain't happened. He's also right now the all-time leader in shots on goal, but Ovechkin will break that in a couple of years. His last season at age 40, now I knew it was really good. I didn't realize how good it was until I went and dug deeper into the numbers. So he's 40, played 80 games that year for Colorado after he got traded. He had 52 assists. He averaged 26 minutes a night during the season, and then... Played 21 more games in the playoffs, 12 points, three power play goals, and averaged 
28 and a half minutes a game on his way to finally winning the cup. Just a fucking bananas way to go out. That is... Anybody who says... It's funny, because when you hear, you know, guys that went out on top, it's always John Elway. It's fucking Ray Bork. Like, I mean, Elway had a lot of help, and, you know, Bork did too. Let's not sure we could, but... In terms of, like, sheer numbers and, and, and play on the ice, holy fuck. Harry Sinden and Jerry Jacobs completely fucked a good man, fucked a great fan base in the name of profits, but that's business, I guess, right? Ugh. Anyways, that's what I get for, like, reading my intro. Is like, like a fucking idiot. That's all right here, right now. On complaints and observations. Still, the most less than average podcast on the internet. With a host who's the smartest person in the room. When he's the only one there. A continuing odyssey into mediocrity. Guaranteed to make you question your life choices and your own sanity. This is Complaints and Observations with Dave LaPointe. All right, what's up? As I mentioned, you're stuck with just me today. Next week, guess next week, promise, big guest, huge guest, two huge guests. I'm pumped, fired up. Um, one of the things that I wanted to talk about right off the bat, as I again punch the microphone, I still can't figure out how to get the old mic to function with the new laptop. I am so fucking stupid. Christ. Um, Speaking of which, trying to build the new shed into the broadcast palace is moving along at a decent rate. Had to take the last few days off from doing anything in there because it was so fucking hot. It's impossible to do anything. The next step is I have to change out the lights. The lights. So there's two sconces, an overhead light. They need to be changed. I'm going to turn off all the power in the house so that I don't kill myself, even though it's just a light. Um, But, again, I'm an idiot. So I would probably electrocute myself to death. So the, the goal here is to have it uh, functional and usable by the end of June. So I'm giving myself plenty of fucking rope here. Uh, but I have to hold myself to that because I want to make sure that for the, the two prime months of summer, I cannot invite anybody over and use it myself. That's the goal. We'll see. We'll see what happens. So as it is summer, right, one of the things that I wanted to bring up, and I made a note of this, Last weekend, my buddy Jeff was wearing socks with his Jesus sandals. And uh, I was flat out disgusted and appalled. 
I don't see the point. If you're going to wear sandals, why are you going to wear socks? Like, don't even wear Just put fucking sneakers on. I don't understand the... I, I don't get it. Makes no sense to me whatsoever. I just need to put that out there. Don't be that person. I expect better from Jeff. I shouldn't, but I do. You remember Jeff, right? Uh, the glutton who ate the uh, eight and a half hot dogs last 4th of July. Well, apparently, um, he's going to try this again with a hot dog of his choosing because, you know, he's a child like that. So, uh, so get ready for more shit you don't care about. Uh, my uh, <laughs> gluttonous buddy Jeff eating way too many fucking hot dogs. Not an eating contest, just just being a fucking garbage disposal. So, the, the hot dog garbage disposal, oh, I wish I could draw, or I wish I could, like, <laughs> I wish I had any artistic talent whatsoever. Like a, a hot dog, that'd be a great fucking t-shirt, wouldn't it? Oh, man. A hot dog eating garbage disposal wearing... Uh, Jesus sandals with socks. Oh, that is so good. I can see it in my head and I fucking love it. I keep making these t-shirts and the only people who, you know, I sold two and then I sold three to myself. So, you know, thanks for buying. And again, I don't know how many times I can say this. I'm not making money off of this. In fact, I'm probably going to end up having to put more money into this godforsaken fucking program. Just because I don't know why. I just think, uh, I don't know. I like it, so I'm probably going to. But, you know, I'm not making money off of the t-shirts. I'm literally not making anything. Bonfire.com slash complaints pod. I think that's what it is. I haven't looked in a while. But, uh, yeah. <clears throat> oh, that would be so good. A hot dog eating garbage disposal. Oh, I love it. Sometimes I make myself laugh. I'm. It's the only audience that really matters, folks, okay? Just remember that. Um, good response to last week's interview with um, associate producer Dave. The initial numbers took off like a rocket. We did really well first day. Since then, back to shit. So, got a nice little bump from Dave right from the jump. But uh, apparently, you know, Dave's friends didn't tell two friends and so on and so on and so on. And we're, we're at the usual numbers that we're, that we're at. So, um... Having said that, I enjoy the conversation. I'm looking forward to having him back at some point. Mainly to talk, well, not mainly, but to talk about the Yankees. Because good fucking gravy, are they terrible? They are just not good. Not good whatsoever. Um, and they're like they're on the hook for some really bad fucking contracts. DJ LeMayu, like what what happened? He fucking rooked the Yankees out of a lot of money. A lot of money. And he stinks. He hasn't done shit all season long. But the big thing here, okay? Here's the big one. Uh, Garrett Cole signed what I believe was the biggest contract in baseball. Aside from... Actually, he's probably more than, than A-Rod. I think. 
I don't know. This is what I get for like not really paying attention to shit, but you know, he's being paid a lot of fucking money. Yeah. $36 million per season. $36 million. They've already paid him... Oh, Christ, that's a lot of money. Jesus. For a guy, mind you, who allegedly is a bit of a cheater. Now, here's the... Here's the... Here's the rub, if you will, okay? Baseball has a problem, and I wish we had talked about this last week, but baseball has a big problem with pitchers using illegal substances in order to pitch better. And it's a known issue. I mean, shit, it's been going on for, I don't know, ever. Like, the Necro Brothers back in the day hilariously used to do shit all the time to to baseballs um who the fuck was the dude's name in major league oh god my brain is such crap but uh you know so here it is now baseball realizes well geez so fucking our hitters are hitting below 240 so we should probably look into you know what the pitchers are doing to increase a spin rate on just about every single fucking pitch they throw so that these guys can't hit. Well, let's try raising the stitches by one thirty-second of an inch. Maybe that'll make a big difference. Um, no, because it just meant more fucking snot and goo and crap all over the baseball. And Garrett Cole was asked about this. Apparently there's some kind of sticky shit that these guys use that literally is meant for... Uh, strongman competitions. So when you see these Vikings carrying giant boulders from point A to point B, they would have this sticky shit on their hands so that they, you know, can have a grip on the giant boulder they're carrying from point A to point B. Yet, you have baseball players using it uh, to spin the ball. So Trevor Bauer, who who... I have, I am such a, I'm so hot and cold on that guy. Like, I find him entertaining. And I really, I wish he had signed with the Red Sox just because, just because he's entertaining and because people don't like him. But, you know, that dude's clearly fucking cheating. Garrett Cole's probably fucking cheating. I don't want to say that, that Jacob deGrom is cheating because his numbers are outstanding. And I really hope he's not because, oh my God. It's just been fun to watch that guy pitch. So the problem is you have the Yankees that uh, can't hit right now. They're pitching okay, but they're three games over 500. They've been very stagnant, uh, not doing much of anything. Uh, Hal Steinbrenner has basically already said that he's not going to spend a ton of money. He's not going over the uh, whatever fucking tax they call it, luxury tax, competitive balance tax, Fuck all tax. I don't even... It's some kind of tax where if they spend too much money, they got to pay more. And we all know around here that John Henry doesn't want to pay this tax, so he's had two shitty teams in a row. So what the fuck do they do? What happens now... Like, Garrett Cole is pitching... This is... I'm recording this Wednesday, right? 
Garrett Cole's pitching tonight. If he goes out there and lays an egg, what the fuck do the Yankees do? What do they do? They're on the hook for another fucking Christ. I don't know. 118 million? He has an opt out after 2024. Yep. Holy fuck, man. Oh, man. That's a lot of dough. I think it's 118 or 108. My math is terrible. Whatever it is, it's a lot of fucking money. If this guy goes out there and sucks, like, what, what on earth? What was an average year for this dude? Nothing? Yeah. All right. So his last year in Pittsburgh, 12 and 12, 33 starts, a 426 ERA, 200 innings. So he's durable. But I mean, fuck, geez, those, that's terrible. That ain't good. And then in, you know, 2019, all of a sudden he strikes out 326 guys. 326. In this day and age, it's a lot of fucking strikeouts. But boy, that is something. That is not good. So it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. I hope he goes and tries to, uh, to throw at Josh Donaldson. Uh, because, you know, baseball players are giant babies. They can't take any form of criticism whatsoever. So Josh Donaldson of the Blue Jays, who should be in the lineup tonight versus Garrett Cole. I hope Cole throws at him, and I hope Donaldson charges them out. Because we need some fucking entertainment here. It's the same sh- poor, stale shtick. All the time with the game now. So give me something exciting. Give me some juice, man, you know? Sort of off-topic, but on-topic. Last night, <clears throat> watching the Red Sox get shelled. And there was a foul ball into the stands, and it barely missed the hot dog vendor. And it got me thinking, how many vendors get whacked with balls during the course of the season? I wonder. I googled it, and the only thing I could find was a video from like 2016 of a guy getting hit with a ball in the ass. <clears throat> And ultimately, he was fine. But like in the lower levels, college, things like that. I wonder how many of those guys get hit with balls. Hmm. Yeah, real, real chin scratcher, that one. Uh, more sports. Let's talk about the Boston Bruins. Uh, by the time you hear this on Thursday morning at 9 a.m., They'll either be uh, getting ready to play Game 7 Friday night or packing their bags and heading home. Because tonight is Game 6 versus uh, the New York Islanders. And it's been an interesting series. Uh, The Islanders are good. I thought the Bruins would steamroll this team. I really did. I didn't think the Islanders had the balls. Um, And they really don't. I mean, they're not like a big physical team. They're not. They're just... uh, they're just solid. They're a Barry Trotz team. So, you know, the the downside is that you're seeing the narrative play out with Barry Trotz teams, which is that they're clean, they play the game the right way, blah, 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 blah. So they're not getting any calls. Meanwhile, the Bruins are getting fucking shorthanded after shorthanded after shorthanded, and, and they're getting fucked. They're getting screwed. So the refs aren't calling penalties. <clears throat> Bruce Cassidy lays into him after the game the other night, gets a $25,000 fine. 
Like the NHL, give it a fucking rest. Twenty-five grand to a coach. What, the, what are you doing? So stupid. Like that's fucking part of the game. Complaining about the officiating. Every game, they all do it. Every one of these leagues cracks down and finds these guys for talking shit about the refs when they should. Because there's a problem in every league. And I'm not going to be this, oh, you got to go to robot refs and all that crap. now. You just need consistency. That's what you need. But it's almost as if they let these guys go at the beginning of the season and don't say anything to them until the season's over. And that I'm, I'm most likely wrong. That's just the impression I get, the feeling I get. But I'm I'm uh, I'm kind of nervous. You know, again, I'm still confident. I, I still think they can win two games here and get to the next round. I don't see that being an issue. But um, you know, look, the second line hasn't showed up. Third line hasn't showed up. Fourth line hasn't showed up. Penalty kill's been terrible. The defense in front of the goalkeeper has not been good. And now they're dreadfully thin um, on defense. So not having Brandon Carlo is a huge hit. And it's not because he's like a phenomenal defenseman. He's a solid defenseman. But the poor kid can't fucking stay healthy. He's got cobwebs between his ears. He's fucked. Long term, he's probably pretty screwed. But who knows? So, I can't, I'm not blaming the goalie because it's not his fault. Like, he's let in maybe two soft goals the entire series. And the Islanders have had all the puck luck, all of it tipped passes, tipped goals off of sticks, all this other shit. Like, just, you would think that it has to swing. Like, they've had so much, you know, it has to swing back in the other direction, at least for fucking one game. Because the Bruins have had nothing. But they got to come out flying. They got to come out flying. They got to take a 2 nothing lead. They need to go up two goals early and put fucking the Islanders on their heels. Because that's the only way you're going to confuse them. Not confuse them, but frazzle them. Which you need to do. Make them do too much. As opposed to what they usually do, which is just enough. Um, what else? I got some other shit to talk about. Nothing, nothing great. But, uh, yeah, here's a commercial for the, um, what do you call it? Uh, merch store. Yeah, here it is. Ah, the soothing, gentle sounds of strumming an acoustic guitar really has nothing to do with this ad at all, but I just want to let you know I have some merchandise at the merch store. Bonfire.com slash store slash complaints. You see, I've made that web address a tad easier. It's still too long, but I don't have any other way to change it, so please indulge me, if you will. I have a few shirts up for sale including the brand new tagline, The Village Idiot Has Spoken. That's about it, really. But listen, do yourself a favor. Go to the store, buy a t-shirt, 
show the world that you don't give a solitary shit about what you listen to on a regular basis. That's bonfire.com slash store slash complaints and get your Complaints and Observations merch today. Uh, let's talk friends of the show. Um, first, uh, Brittany Collins, former UMass women's tennis player, who was uh, interviewed about uh, the uh, the bullshit that the NCAA is putting her or put her uh, and her former teammates uh, through over a uh, small amount of money and a phone jack. She is going to be a part of uh, a show tonight. Uh, well, last night, once you listen to this. So uh, it will be on Vice, which is a cable channel that does a lot of investigative uh, journalism, if you will, or, you know, uh, depends on your side of the aisle, I suppose, right? <laughs> but anyways, uh, Brittany's going to be on to talk a little bit about, you know, the bullshit of the NCAA in this particular show. Uh, which is June 9th, which is, you know, as I said, recording this on June 9th. You'll hear this on June 10th, and so it was last night on Vice. But I'm sure if you go to your uh, cable provider and search College Sports Inc., which is the name of this piece, uh, you'll be able to to watch an hour long or, or more. I don't know if it's more than that or, or what, but it's basically just shitting on the NCAA, and rightfully so. Uh, there's a lot of, uh, you know, current events and current talk about uh, licensing uh, an athlete's image and and the NCAA, I think it was either yesterday or today, the president, Mark Emmert, said that, uh, you know, it just wasn't fair for the NCAA, uh, you know, to, for these laws to pass because you're going to have states, which is what you've seen so far, states making their own laws and he's looking for something more uniform, um, which quite, quite frankly is bullshit because he's caught... And he needs to come up with something. So that's what he's coming up with. But, you know, eventually these kids are going to have to make money off of their likeness. Especially uh, in the two real money-making sports, which is baseball and baseball. You fucking dummy. Basketball and football. The very beginning of the trailer on YouTube is basically, um, you know, student-athletes in the NCAA... Basketball and football players are the only ones that are recruited solely to make money for the university. If you are not on the Division Three level, which is no scholarships, still bullshit, but no scholarships on the D3 level. I don't even know if they call it Division Three anymore, do they? No clue. But um, it's, it's interesting. It should be a very interesting watch if you have any sort of... Um, you know, interest in how much of a bullshit cartel the NCAA really is. It'll be a good watch. Uh, friend of the show, Brittany Collins, will be on that episode. So be sure to check that out. On the complete opposite side of the coin, according to AP Dave, there is uh, an enemy of the pod. An enemy of the pod. Um... And this is from Twitter. This young man has the Twitter handle nmurphy1010. And uh, Mr. Murphy has a private Twitter account. 
His tweets are protected. And apparently he follows me, uh, but he has not he has not accepted my request to follow him. Nolan, his first name is Nolan Murphy. Looks like he plays golf. Handsome fella. I don't want to call him a trust fund kid, but he kind of looks like a trust fund kid. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, it's interesting. Uh, I don't know if he's actually an enemy of the show. I don't know if he just didn't like something that I said. I'd love to know. But he's hiding behind his fucking Twitter account, so I can't see. Listen, Nolan, uh, if you got a problem, talk to associate producer Dave about it, all right? Enemy of the pot. I can't have enemies. I don't even give, I don't really even care that much about this fucking show. 90% of the crap that comes out of my mouth is just that, crap. In a, in a poor attempt to garnish a laugh or two, or to, to make you think about something. Only for a brief moment. Because once you realize what I've said. You're like, oh, that's fucking stupid. That's the whole point of the program. Enemy of the pod. I don't know, I'm hurt. I'm hurt by that. Like, I've already banned one person. Do I have to ban a second person? The first banishment is because, you know, Ed's a fucking crazy person. But this one, I don't even know this guy. Apparently he's from Dallas. Like, how the fuck did he find this? I, I have some serious questions. Do you want to be on the show? No, let's talk. <laughs> I need guests. Next week, two big guests. Very excited. I'll have to follow the uh, Instagram page for more. But, uh, yeah, enemy of the pod. Bad stuff, huh? Jesus. Um, <clears throat> I didn't really get to talk much about my trip down south. Where I went to um, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. And I've said this a bunch of times to a handful of people. Uh, the golf is great. Uh, the beach was very nice. But I, I'll never go back there. I'll go to South Carolina, but... I think I'd mentioned Greenville. My father-in-law lives uh, outside of Greenville. And I thoroughly enjoyed Greenville. So, you know, I'll go back there. I'll go to some of these other coastal towns. But Myrtle Beach? No thanks. I'm not the biggest fan of the South for a couple of reasons. One, it's too fucking hot. And two, the not-so-subtle racism. I mean, good fucking grief. A white person sees a white person, and they some of them think that it's an automatic. Uh, oh, this guy, this guy's definitely a racist because he's white. What? What? That's not how that works, friend. Jesus Christ! So you know, it's just too much. You just can't. I can't. I can't handle that. The ignorance, you know, just, there's no room for it at all. And it drives me crazy. The t-shirt shops, the chain restaurants, I'm all set. I, will, I think I'm going to spend as much time as I can 
north of the Mason-Dixon line for the rest of for the remainder of my days. But that's just me. If you like the South, have at it, friend. Do what you need to do. Move if you'd like. See ya. Me personally, the minute I have the means, I'm moving to Portugal anyway. Fuck y'all. That's not. I hate that word, y'all. God, why did I say that? I take that back. Rewind. Fuck you. Um, one thing though that did strike me as hilarious, and I heard it eight or nine different times. There was a commercial on the the rock radio station down there that honestly had me dying. It was an ad for a contest that they called Dinner and a Booby. I don't know if I've talked about this. I, I'm pretty sure I didn't on the last episode. I, I, I may have mentioned it, but I hope I didn't because this is too funny. Dinner and a Booby. Dinner and a Booby was a contest where uh, if you entered, you got to hang out with the... You had, you had, this is why it's funny, because I swear to fucking Christ, they're stuck in, like, the, the mid-80s. You know what? It's just, oh, like, the DJ was, was a smarmy, greasy guy. I mean, I don't know if he is or not. It's just, he came off that way. And it just reminds me, in Wayne's World 2, when they go in, when Wayne and Garth go into the radio studio and uh, this guy, you know, the, the DJ's name, Handsome Dan. So out walks um, a dude that, God, why am I so bad with names? Oh, Jefferson Darcy from Married with Children, whose real name I can't remember. And you probably are too young to know that reference. And they're like, hey, handsome Dan. And he's like, I'm not handsome Dan. And then fucking Harry Shearer comes out and he's handsome Dan. And if you know who Harry Shearer is, he ain't handsome. So that immediately went into my head. You get, if you enter this contest and win, I am just rambling. Ugh, this is terrible. I can't tell a fucking story to save my life. Yet here I am sitting behind a microphone telling stories. If you won the contest, you got to have dinner with the DJ, followed by VIP treatment at the number one gentleman's club in South Carolina, the Dollhouse. The T H E E Dollhouse. Two words the Dollhouse. VIP treatment. That, my friends, is dinner in a booby. And fucking brilliant marketing. Brilliant. Haven't heard a, a good strip club ad in a very long time. Not since the dearly departed Dr. Metal on 94HJY in Providence, Massachusetts. Did uh, reads for the foxy lady, Legs and Eggs. Which was also fucking brilliant. Strip club marketing. Man, see? I'm a wannabe ad man. I want to be doing marketing for strip clubs. I would do that for free. Just to sit around and come up with double entendres that I could actually say on the radio. Oh, God, that'd be so great. Like, honestly, legs and eggs. 
it's a kind of a gross concept. You go to a strip club for breakfast, but I, I'm guessing the place was packed because Dr. Metal was there every fucking weekend. Dr. Metal, dearly departed. Died in the uh, the fire at the, uh, the, the club. My, my brain just isn't functioning today. What was the band? Great White. Band was Great White. 90-some odd people died in that fucking dumpy goddamn club. The station in Providence or in Warwick, wherever the fuck it was. Dr. Metal. R.I.P., man. Oh, boy, I went way off the fucking rails here, huh? Jesus. This is what happens when I don't have guests. I just, I ramble. I sound terrible. I had a Red Bull beforehand. I don't think that helped. But uh, whatever. If you've made it this far, congratulations, because this is a world-class dumper of a fucking episode. World-class. I have something in my notes here, and I'm not sure what it is. Uh, I was drunk Saturday night and wrote down a bunch of shit. Most of it, it made no sense. But this one was pretty funny. I wanted to point it. This is how uh, the Notes app works on my phone. I wrote, the old titty scrunchies. I have no idea what that means. None. Absolute zero fucking idea. However, great band name, the old titty scrunchies. <laughs> Maybe that's what it was. <laughs> Oh, my God. That's another thing. You know, somebody just fucking pay me and, and my friends money to come up with band names because, my God, we have so many. And that's going to, you know, we're going to talk about that. Let me let me add that. I'm going to add that to my band name list. But uh, that's so good. Um, What else? What else do I want to talk about? I don't know. I'm not really sure. What do you guys want to talk about? Hmm? Huh? Yeah, nothing. That's kind of what I figured. Um, hold on, let me pull this up real quick. Uh, 617-657-4736. 617-657-4736. That's the voicemail line. Call in, leave a voicemail. Let me know what's on your mind. What are you complaining about? 617-657-4736. I looked into vanity numbers. And the cost? Good fucking grief. We're talking 30 bucks a month. And it can't be like 1-800-COMPLAIN because it's too many letters. So it would have to be like 617-OBSERVE, which I think works, but not as well as 617-COMPLAIN. I don't know. 617-657-4736. Call in, say something, anything. I'm paying nothing for that phone number, but I would like it to get some use. That's the thing, you know. The shtick here works, and I've said this many times. Everybody fucking complains. This is an outlet for your for your complaint. You know? Again, your kids. If you want to complain about your kids, holy fuck. I know for a fact, if you're listening to this shit and you have children, I know you want to complain about them. That's half the job of being a parent. 
fucking complaining about the fuckers, right? Ugh. All right, we're getting to the end of the show, mercifully, uh, for your sake. And uh, because it is Thursday, and because I didn't do one last week, it is time for three gripes. Gripe number one, the current rental car scam. Rental car companies will like to tell you that uh, it's very difficult to find a car right now. Very, very difficult. Listen closely to my voice. Don't listen to a single fucking word that they say. In fact, do your best to not rent a car. If you are going somewhere, please, for the love of Christ, don't rent a car. Why? You're going to have to take out a second fucking mortgage to do so. And it's all bullshit. So the prevailing wisdom here is that during the pandemic, especially in the early days, um, car rental companies, a lot of them, um, started selling their cars. Why? Because they have mortgages on all these fucking cars. So they needed to do something. They're not bringing in any money. They can't pay for them. So off they go. They sell them. And then, that was a long pause. I'm sorry. And then, as things started to, to um, you know, come back and, and get a little bit better, pandemic-wise, <clears throat> they started buying more cars. So the cost to rent a car on the recent um, trip to South Carolina was fine, okay? The overall cost was fine because we booked it in fucking January for a May trip. So very early. However, the way that we booked it was we thought we were going to fly to Charleston then fly out of Myrtle Beach, but uh, we didn't want to get into that fucking tin can that uh, Spirit likes to call an airline. So we decided we were going to fly in and out of Charleston. My wife picks up the car in Charleston at the airport and says, Hey, uh, I'm just going to bring it back here instead of dropping it off at, in Myrtle Beach. Is that okay? Now, my wife has rented roughly a thousand cars in her life. A lot of travel, work, so she's always rented a car. The girl at the desk says, Yeah, sure, you can do that. It'll cost you $1,100. I'm what? Eleven hundred dollars. Hmm. Well, eventually they come to a compromise where we would still drop the car off in Myrtle Beach, but she would have to rent another one for two hundred and fifty dollars for the ride back to Charleston. Oh, jeez, isn't that fucking swell? Wow. So she, you know, it's a convenient way to try to squeeze the buying public and recoup some of the money that you lost in 2020. I don't have a general problem with trying to make more money because you lost a bunch of it. But what, what I can't have is the bullshit. You cannot fucking think that we're going to take our $300 rental, right? And then pay you an additional $1,100. Like if you said, okay, the normal 
change rate is a hundred bucks, but now it's 150. Fine. No problem. No big deal whatsoever. But nope. My wife, to her credit, was smart about this. She got up to go drop the car off at the airport in Myrtle Beach and pick up our new one. She decided to actually just make a phone call to Hertz. And the wonderful man that she spoke to by the name of Daniel said, Wow, that's ridiculous. I can fix that for you right here. He fixed it over the phone, no extra cost. So all it did was confirm that the current rental car crisis is a fucking scam. My assumption is that everybody and their grandmother is being taught uh, at the airport to fucking gouge the shit out of these people, thinking they're never going to just sit on hold and, and call the customer service line. So let's just make them pay extra money. Same goes for plywood and, and wood in general. G- general? General? General. Lumber was so cheap for so long, and then people started buying it up during the pandemic because they needed to, something to do. The industry got got wise to it and said, oh, let's raise the prices. They're going to buy it anyway. And they're right. Now a piece of plywood is three times the cost that it was prior to the pandemic. Please, all this scamming bullshit, go fuck yourself, all right? It's bullshit. And it needs to fucking stop. You know what else needs to stop? Gripe number two. Couches on the side of the road. I'm seeing a huge uptick in couches on the side of the road. And I don't fucking get it. I get it in the city. When kids move out of apartments, uh, they're college kids, and they leave their shit on the sidewalk. I get that. Because they're not fucking taking their shit home. They're just getting rid of it because they have to empty the apartment. So they do that. However, out here in the middle of bumfuck Massachusetts, right? People will take an old couch and put it in front of their house and think someone is going to stop and pick it up. What, what, what makes you think that any rational thinking human being is going to make an effort to stop and pick up somebody's old couch? Like, how desperate do you need to be? Like, you could, you could go on to, say, Craigslist, Facebook, or wherever you buy shit these days. I don't even know if Craigslist is still a thing. And say, you could probably pay somebody 20 bucks for their old couch. Or, somebody's kind enough to list their couch for free on one of these sites. They're not some fucking filthy uh, hillbilly putting old couches out in front of their house. There is one down the street from here. That has been sitting outside, I would venture a guess, for two months. It's there, it's been there so long, there's a fucking weed growing out of, uh, from, like, under the cushion. There is literal plant growth. It's been out there so fucking long. Which is vile. Vile. 
I don't understand why local municipalities are not slapping fines on these people for putting shit in front of their fucking house. I don't get it. It's disgusting. If you ever have the thought to do it, don't do it. Don't do it. Put an ad on Facebook. Hey, I have a free couch. Do you want it? Someone will pick it up. Because once it's once it rains on that couch, that's it. It's done. It's over. That couch is useless. Now it's trash. And now you have to figure out a way to, to get rid of it. Or you can be like these fucking assholes down the street who let plants grow out of it because it's been out there for so long. Gripe number three, fucking swimming pools. Pretty sure this is the first time that I've had a gripe twice. I'm probably wrong. But swimming pools. I mean... uh, We got the fucking thing open, right? Got it cleared up. But... It was it was too cold to go in, too cold to swim in. I went in it one time for, you know, 10 seconds. We had uh, our old neighbor was over a few weeks back with her, I think she's nine, nine-year-old daughter. She swam in it for a while. We went away on vacation. Uh, they came back, swam in it again. We got back... From vacation after roughly three inches of rain to uh, a swamp. And so, you know, I started putting chemicals in this fucking thing. Well, we got a bunch of fucking chemicals from the pool store um, and still nothing. Eventually, now I, since um, last. Wednesday. So in roughly a week, I've probably put 30 gallons of shock in that fucking pool. And it's only now starting to get clear. It's still not clear, like crystal clear. It's still cloudy. All that dead algae is still floating around in there. If you sell a house and you have a pool, okay, you should be fucking obligated to leave directions behind. Even if you're selling it to someone who has had a pool before, Whatever, kindness of your heart. Hey, here's some pool directions. Here's, even if you go online and just print out, hey, how to take care of a pool. Here you go. It's just, you know, we took the fucking filter apart. This thing was disgusting. Fairly certain the previous owners never did that because this thing was fucking gross. It was gross. But, I've, you know, honestly, I fucking hate it. Today, we've, I mean, we're in the middle of a fucking heat wave here. Five straight days of 90 degree weather, and I have not been able to go in this fucking pool. It is borderline poisonous right now. There's so much fucking shock in that pool. I wanted to go in it today. I didn't want to ride the fucking, the Zeloton here. I didn't want to fucking ride that bike. I fucking hate it. I'm tired of it. I've been riding it for six months and I can't fucking stand it. It drives me nuts. 
and it hurts my nuts. So I'm thinking, all right, let's let's go out in the pool, but nope. Still poisonous. So roll the bike again, reluctantly. Ah, frustrating. I really I want to fill the fucking thing in. <laughs> I'm gonna fill it with fucking concrete. I have a tennis court in my backyard. I want to talk opulence. Tennis court in the backyard. Put a hot tub next to it with a a tennis court in the backyard with a hot tub. Done. Opulence, huh? All right, that's it for this god-awful fucking program. Uh, Next week, I promise, we're going to have guests. We'll have an interesting conversation. It'll be fun. You might laugh. Because you sure as shit didn't laugh today. Maybe you did about the fucking t-shirt idea. Because I thought that was pretty fucking solid. Um, But yeah, listen. Tell your friends. Just tell them to listen to last week or, or the, the week prior. You know? Tell them to listen to that. Because the sound here still sucks balls. They can't figure out this fucking microphone. Uh, such a whiny bitch, aren't I? Good fucking grief. Ugh, fucking terrible. But um, yeah, that's it. I have an Instagram page at Complaints Pod. Check it out. I'm gonna be hyping next week's guest. Hype, 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 hype. They better not fuck me again for tacos. Just putting that out there, boys. They probably don't listen to this shit anyways. What the fuck? Um, I have a Twitter page. At Complaints Pod, you can come and see uh, Nolan Murphy, who is a sworn enemy of the program, apparently. But, uh, you know, we'll see. Murphy 1010 Tweet at him and tell him, hey, uh, why why do you hate the show? What's your deal, man? What's your prob, Bob? You really don't have to do that. That'd be kind of shitty, so don't do that. Uh, I have a Facebook page, but fuck Facebook. I have a YouTube page that I don't use. I'm trying to get that up and running with this new um, laptop, but I don't think the camera's going to be any better, so that's going to have to be another, you know, expense down the road. We'll see. Uh, as I mentioned, once the broadcast palace is up and functioning, I want to see if we can't do some uh, some group pods, have some folks in, you know, have some live interviews, shit, you know. I want to do a 90s baseball episode. So if you're into 90s baseball, uh, let's talk, just because I think it'd be funny. Um, but yeah, that's it. Listen, thank you as always. If you did sit through all of this, it's appreciated. Don't forget to check out College Sports Inc. on Vice, featuring friend of the show, Brittany Collins. Check it out. Um, but that's it. So yeah, thank you. Tell your friends. Tell your moms. And uh, yeah. Take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Godspeed. Ta-ta.